In the year 2017, an innocent man accused of a crime has a choice. Hard time or prime time. Sensational. Perfect contestant. I want him. He must pay or play the running man. On your mark! I'll be back. rated TV show in history. Guess they want us to stay. It's a game between life and death. Give you a lift. Schwarzenegger is the running man. He's playing for a prize. The prize is his life. How about the life? The running man. This spoiler-filled podcast is recorded live, unscripted, and intended for those over 18. Now prepare your ears for the audio stimulation they've been waiting for all day as we step into the spoiler And here we are, ladies and gentlemen. What is the number one movie podcast in the entire world? It's the spoiler room, and I am Mark the Movie Man. And yes, tonight we're taking a look at The Running Man, part of our January sci-fi month. And the significance of this is why we picked it as well, is not only because of the type of film it is, but this is one of three sci-fi films we'll be covering in January that is set in 2017, though the box says otherwise. And tonight with us is a great crew to discuss this classic action sci-fi film. First off, the BFD himself is back, the one and the only. It is Glenn Bittner. Hello, Glenn. Hello. Still trying to get my voice back a bit from my illness. Well, you, you sound a lot better than you did before. So, uh, oh, I feel it, a lot better than I did before. <laughs> well, that's, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Glad you could join us. And next to him, we have the man, the myth, the legend. It is Mr. Paul Salzer. Hello, Paul. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Glad you could join us. Are you ready to start running? I definitely am. I just got past uh, Snowmageddon 2017, so I'm ready for running. It's a lot of snow. (laughs) Love Wisconsin, baby. (laughs) You got to love the snow. Uh, And if you're not familiar with The Running Man, we're going to give you the long description here because I love this description. The year is 2017. The world economy has collapsed. Great freedoms of the United States are no longer as the once great nation has sealed its borders off and become a militarized police state censoring all film, art, literature, and communications. Even so, a small resistance force led by two revolutionaries manages to fight the oppression. With full control over the media, the government attempts to quill the nation's yearning for freedom by broadcasting a number of game shows on which convicted criminals fight for their lives. The most popular and sadistic of these programs is The Running Man, hosted by Damon Killian. When peaceful protest of starving citizens gather in Bakersfield, California, a police officer named Ben Richards is ordered to fire on the crowd, which he refuses to do. 
Soon he's subdued by other officers and finds himself in as part of the running man game. Uh, <laughs> man, you know, revisiting this film, I forgot just how crazy wild this film is. Glenn, how about you? Uh, this this is like, if you want an example of action 80s sci-fi film, would you say this is one of the epitome films of that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, uh, man, and it's it's not just sci-fi films. It's it's like one of the, I think, one of the best and most iconic Schwarzenegger films. Yes, I, I will definitely agree with that. Uh, Paul, how about you as well? Would you say this is one that just is a must-see if you're a fan of 80s, just action films in general? Oh, definitely. It has the over-the-top action. It has the cheesy one-liners and the, and the, the funny kind of weird sci-fi-ish type music with you know heavy synth type of influence so yeah definitely this is a this is like an 80s early 90s type of action film you just gotta love it oh you, you do especially the one-liners and now it was directed by paul michael glasser who who directed a few films uh in his time and and then he went on to do a lot of TV stuff. But uh, it's based off of a novel by Richard Bachman, a.k.a. Stephen King, if you don't know that he wrote under another name. Uh, but the screenplay, which I this just started in the credits, and I'm watching this, and I'm going, <laughs> the people in this film and involved in this film, it, it's amazing. We have Stephen E. De Souza. Now, if you're not familiar with the name because you don't pay attention to screenplay credits, he's the guy that gave us Die Hard, one and two, 48 <laughs> hours. I mean, this gave a really cool 80s action movie. He wrote the screenplay, and he also wrote uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Commando. Mm -hmm. And tell me, he just, he knows how to write Arnold, doesn't he, Paul? Oh, yes. He's I mean, got the Arnold's humor. He's got his, you know, he's got, he's got that suaveness about him. It's just totally in the Arnold character. It comes out. Well, let's not forget his signature cigar either. Um, <laughs> there's right off the bat, you watch his film and it's set in 2017 and we'll get into it a little bit later. Uh, the, how little bit of a prophetic <laughs> film this uh, has become, but uh, we're started out uh, with Ben Richards. We're introduced to him as the helicopter pilot and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Glenn, he's, he's kind of trying to show his acting chops here. <laughs> this, this helicopter scene. How do you feel how this film opened? They just want some pool for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if it comes to, you know, picking things up and throwing them and, and cutting people in half, he's great. When it comes to, you know, words coming from his mouth, uh, if it's not Crom, it's better left unsaid. <laughs> well, it, it is a young career. I mean, he got better with his line delivery later, but this is still yeah, kind of. Still, still from there. I mean, he does have some good lines in this that I love, too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. He, well, when he gets into being action Arnold, he delivers his lines better. But here in the beginning, he's just trying to be good cop. And the way he's delivering these lines just. Like, oh man, whose idea was this? <laughs> oh yeah, I just, I, and just, and it, there's there's a few where it's like, wow, that's it's. I like the one-liners, but mm -hmm. I like it when they say a bit more than that because I mean, there's like one 
where I don't remember the exact wording of it, but it's something along the lines of, you know, you could take that contract and shove it down your throat, but leave room for my fist because I'm going to ram it down there and pull out your goddamn spine. (laughs) Yes, that's better. It's like he's so mad. He just has to keep going and going and going. Yeah, it is. It is. uh, It is classic Arnold at his finest. Heck, we even get out of all his one liners. We even get the I'll be back line. Yes. in here did you catch it paul i did i and but, but you actually get to have uh killian say something back uh, to the line you know it's not it just doesn't oh, yeah. hang there he actually says uh something along the lines of but only in reruns yeah only yeah. in a rerun i love that exchange <laughs> it's like oh man so yeah Ardell is just in fine form in this with his one-liners and what's funny is uh, finding out you know who paying attention who wrote the screenplay I was paying attention a little more and there's throwback to other things in this film too, besides just Arnold stuff. Uh, You know, they're just little bits and pieces of things, you know, from wrestling and everything in this film. They, they kind of work a lot of interesting angles with this. Um, But it's not just Arnold. He's got, this cast is just crazy. Who's in here. We got the uh, wonderful Maria Conchita Alonso, uh, who uh, does well as Amber Mendez. She's a female who ends up getting tied up into this, uh, you know, Ben Richards being part of the running man. She, he, he's one that when he escaped from his initial incarceration, he uh, uh, invaded her uh, apartment because he thought it was his brother's. And uh, she ends up finding out the truth that he was framed and he and yes, yeah, she does actually literally get tied up at one point and he kidnaps her to try to escape. And of course, she turns him in. And but then she finds out the truth and ends up part of the running man. And I, I've liked Maria Conchita Alonza for for quite some time. Uh, you know, Moscow on the Hudson. She was in Predator 2. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's a good actress. And I think I think she holds her own in this. Uh, but uh, what do you think of her character, Glenn, in this? Uh, not exactly a, a full strong female character, but she's not exactly a too pushover. Uh, I mean, she has a little bit of a growth in this film, doesn't she? Yeah, I think she's a little bit. I mean, I mean, for an 80s film, it, it's, yeah. you know... I mean, I mean, she's no, uh, oh, Melina from uh, Total Recall, right? But <laughs> very few ladies are Melina. Yes, <laughs> athletic and the Muir. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, I think she's fine. It's, it's mm-hmm. she serves the purpose that she's supposed to serve in the film. I mean, the role could have been, I think, done better, but as you right. said, it was the eighties. <laughs> it, it, it was the 80s, uh, and she she does get a, a few lines, too, and she plays a pivotal role in the resistance uh, later on as she's the one that has to remember this very long number to help hack into the satellite so they can take over because TV is 24-7. It sounds very familiar. Mm. <laughs> and there's reality TV shows, which, <laughs> my God. Sounds very familiar. <laughs> it it's eerie looking at what this film is showing and where we currently are at, isn't it, Paul? That you know, sci-fi. I know always tends to be a little you know try to predict, but man, this one is is kind of creepy when you watch it. Oh yes, definitely. I mean, they they were right on on a lot of like uh, predictions of of what it 
you know how far how badly it could get but i think most like entertainment uh the i mean they they talk about kind of like how celebrity is is more important in this world you know celebrity uh-huh. is kind of like outweighed morality and humanity and that's kind of like what today is you know you got re- reality stars that are are way more popular than the heroes that you know we used to idolize back you know a few decades ago so it's it's a, it's a very interesting thing that they predicted that celebrity would be a, such a big thing and and how you know uh, various like reality game shows and how that's creeped into this into our thing but also too it kind of plays on the whole like you know the downfall of the roman empire you know where people had to watch the gladiatorial combats because it was a distraction mm-hmm. of what was going on so it's 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 interesting how history and the future just is constantly rolling and rolling and rolling and this film does a good job of of rolling with that you know yeah it's funny you mentioned the the gladiator thing in coliseum because uh that that is here now that you mention it this this does have kind of a a roman empire feel of of of, you know, distract them from the fact that people are starving and, you know, need ration cards and such. And, you know, you have the 24-7 TV as well as the announcements in the background, which I, I listen to better this time, especially on the DVD remastered uh, special edition I've got that came out in 2004. But they're in, in the background talking about if you have a family member who you suspect, you know, you can report them. <laughs> i'm like wow i'm like man this just the future it painted glenn wouldn't you say uh they did predict at least reality tv kind of how far it's come (laughs) would you say it got uh, it was a bit prophetic as far as uh tv and yeah Yeah. i mean we're not at the extreme yet but you we're only what a little jump away from that wouldn't you say (laughs) I, I think we're both in a little jump away from actual blood sport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, blood sport is another one. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Glenn, in here you do have the more vile people actually having a higher status in in the culture, which we do kind of have today in some ways. Those who are, are worse are more attention than those who are doing good, wouldn't you say? Well, but I mean, figure two, I mean, the the way the show was, was done is that pe- these were just normal people on the show. These were all supposed to be criminals, mm-hmm. you know, trying to clear their records. So, of course, you know, I mean, well, actually, if it was more realistic, the truth is, there'd probably be people, more people rooting for the criminals than there would be for the, for the, for the stalkers. So in that way, I think you got it wrong. Um, but no, I think they they do start. I mean, they got uh, some things right. Mm-hmm. They, I got, they, yes. <laughs> they do start uh, talking about, uh, you know, we do have the crowd starting to cheer for Ben Richards as he moves along and, and takes out these stalkers. Uh, so it, it does kind of take that angle of it uh i i tell you though the host of the running man what better person paul to cast than the man who was a game show host for many years on the family feud and he gets to play just the ultimate asshole in this film what'd you think of richard dawson's uh killing 
I loved him. He's a, he's a great person to play off of Arnold's kind of stiffness because Richard Dawson, he's, he's very, very, um, you know, fluid and, and his body moves as he's talking and, and his face moves and you, you really see him like it felt like he enjoyed making fun of his own persona um, because he got to be this big asshole uh, when normally you would expect him to be this, you know, nice guy. He goes up, he, he you know, he kisses all the ladies and stuff like that. And in this film, he he kisses the ladies and he makes a like little sly comment. You know, it, it it was it was interesting how how he was able to play off of his persona and, and just kind of bring it to that edge. And you know, he's I think he's kind of winking at us, and I enjoyed his performance for that. I have a feeling he was expelling a few um, <laughs> feelings that he's held back over the years running a game show. <laughs> yeah, he was able to yell at all the people that are around him, and it was just. <laughs> but it it came back. It came back and and bit him in the in the in in the butt, you know. But uh, when I it, it was funny because when I remember when this film came out and you saw who was cast in it, I was like, "What, Richard Dawson? <laughs> really?" <laughs> I know, I'm like that that guy from Hogan's Heroes. What the heck? <laughs> uh, Glenn, do you remember when this film came out? Did that surprise you too? Dawson was in this film, but I mean, before you saw it, you know, I mean, it was natural. No, for I don't that. think it surprised me. Um, no. I don't think I was really, uh, I was whatever in, in any of. It, but um, I mean, the second you see him, you're like, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> did they nail that? <laughs> Yeah, whoever cast that needed a little extra, uh, a little extra money in their uh, uh, envelope. But we also have Dweezil Zappa and Mick Fleetwood in here, uh, <laughs> and uh, Jim Brown, Yafet Koto in here. Who, uh, you know, I really liked them in this uh, as as the guys who kind of get tied up, uh, get up uh, in, in the Running Man as well, and and following Ben Richards through the gauntlet of the stalkers who kill him. <laughs> Uh, and I wish he would have had more screen time, but he, he always seems to get the get small amount of screen time. But whenever he's in a role, I, I really enjoy him. Uh, and yes, we do have two former governors in this film. Not only do we have Arnold Schwarzenegger, but we have Paul. Who do we have in here besides Arnold Schwarzenegger for governor? Jesse, the body Ventura. <laughs> Who gets the most cheesy line in the entire film, and it's delivered in the most cheesy way possible to where you should take a drink whenever Jesse talks, but especially this line where he just goes, Code of the Gladiator. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. If anybody else would have delivered it, come on. What was that, Glenn? (laughs) Are you ready for pain? (laughs) Yes. Yes, yeah. he's doing workout videos. workout videos. Captain Freedom, who was once a stalker, who is retired. Ten and years retired. Remember that. Ten years retired. Yes. yes. So, so the Running Man had been running for quite some time, uh, which means he was probably one of the first stalkers. Mm-hmm. Then, because the show was what about ten years old? They said in there. So, and and he he even said, you know, when he when he was doing it, he was using his bare hands, and you can see now that the new stalkers they were using technology and weapons and things to like again distract people more. You know, 
So it yes. was it was nice. They they added that evolution of the of the game show, you know, with well, it. Well, the show, like anything, had to evolve and get more extreme, probably, to keep the ratings because that was the whole thing that was uh, motivating Damon Killian through the whole thing was just ratings for his show. He didn't really care. I mean, you know, at one point he's making a deal with Ben Richards for crying out loud. You know, he's saying you, your, your ratings because, you know, that's all he really cared for. Uh, but I, I dug these stalkers that go out there in the running man and, and go after them. Uh, Glenn, which one of them were your, were your favorite or, or stood out for you of the, uh, the uh, killers in this movie? Oh, man. Um <laughs> Well, I mean, Captain Freedom is too easy. So, um, <laughs> I, boy, um, uh, flamethrower dude. Um, oh, fireball. yeah, Fireball. Fireball, yeah. Fight, played by Jim Brown, yeah. Yeah, Fireball was was pretty fun. I mean, they all have their their little things. I mean, well, Sub Zero didn't have much, but no. but Fireball was great and Dynamo. <laughs> that, that, that was the name, right? Yeah, Dynamo, Dynamo, the electric yeah. guy. With the opera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he carried around his own weakness everywhere he went. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, and then he drives his car, too, and he just, you know, doesn't pay attention that he, you know, he's trying to drive it uphill. <laughs> it yeah. flips on him, you know. <laughs> Where where uh, gives us a moment though to showing Ben Richards has some mercy, unlike the stalkers, where he won't kill. I will not kill an innocent human or a helpless human being, even one <laughs> as despicable as you. you know? <laughs> for for me, I kind of dug Buzzsaw, yeah. and the reason yeah. is, I I looked at that Buzzsaw again, and someone correct me, but did he steal that from Leatherface Three? <laughs> did, did, did he, <laughs> that that chainsaw looked an awful lot like the one from Leatherface Three, or at least from the trailer, the one that held it up. You know where you had the really long blade and you got the little uh, uh, spikes near the end. Uh, it just you know, Buzzsaw was great. I loved his crazy eyes, and and he drove around on that motorcycle. Mm. And uh, yeah, and of course our our man Ben Richards dispatches. At least uh, most of these stalkers in in ways where he can drop, you know, his one liner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Here's sub zero now, plane zero. <laughs> He's a pain in the neck, and yeah, yeah. Uh, had to split. <laughs> yeah, Buzzsaw had to split. <laughs> In fact, I think after after they did the helicopter scene, I think they realized the futility of having Arnold have really long batches of dialogue. So (laughs) he just kind of wrote one liners for Arnold afterwards because he he talks in in shorter, shorter sections after that. Oh man, but yeah, so Arnold and you got some crazy bloody action in this. Yes, this is rated R, thank God. Uh because <laughs> it just adds to the to the, you know, the 80s action extreme action vibe to it. But then you got that whole the resistance storyline which kind of felt almost like an afterthought in this film <laughs> in many ways. Uh you know, until they to, they get to the uh tower. And that, and what I found interesting with that as well, though, with 
that it, they're talking about taking over and, and logging into the network. And it, I mean, a lot of that from 87, you're looking at that while the, the graphics were primitive. Some of the technology they use in here, Paul, they're using today, including the video editing with the overlay. Mm-hmm. And uh, would you say that, that some of the technology they predicted in there came true? <laughs> Oh, definitely. I mean, we we definitely do a lot of that. Uh, you know, in in fact, Arnold had to use it in one of his movies where they they put his face on top of somebody else's body, so it works. <laughs> yeah, he actually was. He was two actually two different Terminator films. I think they had to do that. Actually, <laughs> he actually was composited later on in real life in one of his own Terminator films. So it kind of came full circle there with the compositing. But also, you know, they had the thing where he could order a plane ticket from home. Oh yeah, eighty seven. Yeah. So no one who didn't work outside a library really knew much that internet. But here. He logged into a terminal and he was able to order his plane tickets right from home. And I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) Voice activated uh, uh, appliances. Voice activated appliances. Hello. You know, the Google and the Amazon devices they have now. Uh, It just it's just kind of creepy. Glenn, what do you think about the technology in here? Isn't it kind of interesting how they predict where it actually went and what we have today? A little bit, uh, sure. <laughs> Would you say it was fairly accurate? I mean, though, I guess this isn't the only 80s sci-fi film to do that. Would you say? To a degree, it's accurate. I mean, we don't have lightning cars. That's true. <laughs> we we don't have the lightning cars yet. Um, um which is probably good. Uh, <laughs> we also, you know, don't just walk around wearing our underwear, wearing <laughs> electro suit over it, which is also nice. Um, but I think the Prius has about the same power as that electro car, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, but uh, this its film is just so much fun, and and watching it, it makes me, you know, it sounds bad, and and, <laughs> and either one of you can can you know just slap my hand or whatever, but it makes me miss in today's day and age. The rated R action film. <laughs> Yay. Let's, let's start our own. Start our own production <laughs> company. Well, I mean, you get some cheesy stuff, but I mean, now for wide release, it, it's harder to find a good rated R action film. You know, and, and this eight in eighty this one these it's like watch this if you ever want a flavor of an eighties extreme action film. And and that's what I love about it too is I, I watching it again, going, oh man, I wish we could kind of go back to films like this. Uh, Glenn, do you think it's just because of the culture change that we don't get quite as many of these films? Because some of these with the one-liners and that seem to be coming out all the time in the '80s, and nowadays we we are they just too cheesy for today's audience, or it, it could be, you know, I think they just took them out and added in. They, they took out 90% of the dialogue in most action films and just said, we need more explosions. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, but uh, even with the extreme action in that, it's a sci-fi film, and it was still making a statement uh, you know, about society. And, 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 and that's what I, I really enjoyed about this, is that even through all that action and extreme 
uh, you know, it, everything and the one-liners and the swearing and the blood and everything, there is a message at its core, isn't there, Paul? Oh, definitely. That you can you can hide a resistance force inside of another force uh, inside of a game show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's where you hide all your resistance. Yeah, exactly. What what'd you think about this resistance force? Did this feel like they were? Uh, <laughs> They, they felt kind of like cast-offs from the movie Hackers. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I totally was expecting him to go, oh, the five most common passwords are heart and boss. God. God. <laughs> but did, I mean, maybe it's because it's the technology, but I mean, what'd you, what, how'd you feel about these resistance guys? I mean, was it surprising they even lasted this long? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, it sounds harsh, but it is it because I mean they didn't really. I mean they they were good at taking off the explosive collars, but they really didn't seem to have. <laughs> you would have thought they would have uh, noticed that it was actually in the exact area where they've been hiding out. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> all all. I mean, that's how the one teacher guy was able to find it. He was like, "Hey, wait." Those those towers are pointing in. They're 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 inside the thing too. Nobody else noticed that they weren't pointed straight up. <laughs> he, he he was the brains of the group because he could hack that uh, satellite uh, just long enough to give her the very long code. And, this, and, yeah, you know. this from the guy at the beginning of the movie that all he did was try to type in the six same numbers over and over again, while this other guy on the other end was overriding him with another probably six sets of numbers and they were just going back and forth saying these six numbers are going to work and the other guy's like no they won't and it's like yes they will no they won't ah <laughs> well what got me about that scene and it, as you can tell folks we are we as much as we love this film there are many flaws in it and what got me was he had the terminal glenn he put in the code and it wasn't working so what does he say Oh, it must not work inside. Never mind the fact the cop was just using it inside the warehouse not two minutes before. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's that's completely. Well, I mean, of course it works inside for a cop. Cops are different. <laughs> it's different because he he's the hacker, so it wouldn't work for him. So they had to take it outside. Yeah, he's on the Sprint network. The other guy's on Verizon. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> they predicted that. <laughs> there they go. Can you hear me now? Damn no, the collar's not disarmed yet. Oh no. <laughs> Oh yeah, it, I I thought that was just hilarious it, with that, and then Would and you then keep we, running though after everybody's screaming, don't it's it's still on, it's still on. No, I I, I still believe I can make it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what got me too. Is oh. that yelling at the guy? No, he's got the explosive collar in the prison because all these prisoners have explosive collars on them, and they think they have the gate disarmed. So the guy makes a, a run for it, and they're all telling him, "No, don't!" And he keeps running like, "No, I got this!" <laughs> and it, his head just pops like a balloon, and in all its gory bloody fun uh, <laughs> oh, it had to be that <laughs> had to. because you can't you, you can't have a movie and say here's an explosive collar without <laughs> showing someone dying from the explosive collar 
you have to show it. Once you introduce that, you have to use it. <laughs> Once you mention it, it has to be done. Someone's head's got to pop. Exactly. <laughs> I love that logic. <laughs> it, it's true, though. That is true, though. It, it, it's like the whole foreshadowing thing, you know, where, you know, you have the, the lovebirds in a horror film who say, oh, I love you. And the guy will propose to her right there. And you're going, oh, he's dead or she's dead. You know, it's just exactly. like, you no, know, the two people who have the brightest outlook for the future, one of them's going to get eaten. That's, yeah. that's just. It's, there's, there's certain things that happen in movies that you know. It's anyone who says, oh, I'm four days to retirement. Oh. <laughs> unless, unless you're Danny Glover. Yes. That is not going to go well for you. No. <laughs> no or, well, Danny Glover, or if you're in uh, Killer Rack. Yeah. That's true. If you're in Killer Rack, <laughs> there's a fun film as well. Oh man! Uh, but this, this film, I I, I love the, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, the guy who just wanted to get out, you know, and and clear his name, and ends up getting caught up in the resistance. You know, just that kind of classic uh, guy caught in in a you know a bigger plan than what he ever originally thought he would be involved in. And so I, I liked how they wrote the Ben Richards character, though it is Arnold. And once again, we get reminders of just how strong Arnold is oh. in every scene possible. I mean, they're in the prison and, you know, everybody's working and kind of toiling. And Paul, what's Arnold carrying? I don't know that they look like a girder of some sort. You know? yeah. <laughs> He's carrying this huge steel girder. And I'm just looking at this going... We know he's strong. Okay, we we, we know this. He he had as he's holding it though. He, he has that perfect flexed bicep thing going. It's like when I hold something, I hold it to the side. I'm not flexing. I'm not. I'm not doing the like. I, he looked like he was like woo, and you can see that big mound there. It was like awesome. I loved it. He's flexing and all sweaty and it just like. Oh man, yes, we know Arnold is strong. Okay. Well, and then you get that later on too, after he ties up Maria Conchita Alonso, which we do thank him for um <laughs> for that scene. But uh I didn't say that. But he he ends up picking up her workout uh, you know, bow flex or whatever, it rips it out of the floor. I'm like, we know he's strong. <laughs> Must we prove that he's the Hulk? You know, I I, I was totally waiting for him to turn green, you know, <laughs> and, and, and start running. So, uh, you know, and the the society that they have painted uh, in here, you have what I kind of liked is um, you didn't quite have what might be expected as the uh, there's a little hint of it, but not nearly as much of your your class. A warfare as you might think because it seemed like everybody was equal when it came to being fans of the running man mm. uh maybe i was I'm, I'm wrong on that it, did you feel that they were trying to portray some uh class separation in there or was they kind of showing on how that uh everybody loved the show i actually thought that it it, it did show that that it had a unifying effect because uh you had the rich people that probably thought yeah the the even they made a comment about it in the movie where where the justice department liked the fact that they were having it because people 
were inside watching that and not outside doing riots and doing the things that they didn't want them to do. And the poor people liked uh, the the excitement of the film because it, it it made them realize that their life isn't as bad as that other guy's life. <laughs> it could be worse. You could be chased by the stalkers. So or Ben uh, Richards <laughs> or, or or Ben Richards. You know, boy. <laughs> You don't want to be chased by Ben Richards, who, uh, at the end of this film, I don't know that guy can carry steel girders. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and lift Bowflex off the ground. And I think rip- it was bolted, though. It was. Bolted. It was. Yes. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sitting here going, she's not that big of a person. Did she need to bolt the furniture to the floor? I'm not sure. His brother had to have done it though, because yeah, it was like it, two weeks ago. It had to be from his brother because she inherited the the apartment from him who uh they said he was uh he was what a dissident or something they they uh reeducated reeducated that's right cuz they hint at that too that the government reeducates uh people and uh, yeah this this paints a rather scary 2017 future so they got some things right reality tv while we don't have that extremeness uh it seemed like reality tv was the number one programming of the TV shows uh, in this world, didn't it, Glenn? That pretty much everything was reality TV. Well, yeah, and that's what the future holds for us. Everything's reality TV and Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> well, Taco Bell—that was Demolition Man, and you know what? Oh, I, I know. I, I could. I well, and and you could almost make a jump from Running Man to Demolition Man. That's scary. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I bet you that out on the internet somewhere, if it hasn't, we just talked about it, so it's probably become a thing where someone's probably tried to combine the the uh, what we would call it the ACU, the Arnold combined universe. <laughs> Try to put all of his films together in the same world. Oh, yeah. I bet you you could almost do it. <laughs> Be a last action hero. It already did. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, there is last action heroes. So uh, I, I think we've talked enough about this action film. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to bring it up. Don wanted to mention it too because it was set in 2017. And uh, even though the box is 2019, and I think the book, like we were talking about before the show, Paul, I think was said in what 2025. Yep. So, you know, date, date, ah, you know, but <laughs> it is say 2017 in the film, and the film is uh celebrating its 30th anniversary this year because it came out in 87. Ooh, so, ooh. so there you go. So uh, another significance, and it is 117th episode. So we got a lot of 17s in here <laughs> today. Uh we we have to just mention the cheesy 80s sci-fi song that is played over the credits human again i take you in my arms and hold you till the fear is all gone another race is won Lonely nights With a rest 
there you go. That, if anything, your 80s action film is not complete without the cheesy 80s song. So I think we'll wrap it up here for the night. Uh, just a couple of little tidbits I wanted to drop real quick. Choreograph uh, uh, the choreography of the dancers for The Running Man. Paula Abdul. Yeah. Paula Abdul did the choreography for those uh, dancers. And I, I just, I saw that in the, the uh, credits of like, oh my God, <laughs> Paula Abdul. Could they have a scene like that in a modern movie? I don't know. <laughs> the dancing girls? The dancing girls. I think people would be, be like upset by that. I don't know. What, what do you think, Glenn? You think you could have the dancing girls still? I think you would. You think you could? Sure. I mean, there'd be protests, but they'd still do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's a dystopian future, and they're showing you the bad that future can be if they allowed. Yeah, yeah okay. the, the, the sexualization. Yeah, yes. there you go. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> also notice uh, there is a show uh, by this network, which we didn't name the name, uh, ICS, I believe it's called, uh, called The Hate Boat. So, yes, I saw the picture in the background. <laughs> there's a poster in the back called The Hate Boat. So I'm just like, I want to see that show. I really do. Uh, so so hope that what your whistle here, folks, for The Running Man. Uh, as you can tell, we've had a lot of fun with it. It is a fun movie. It is It is your cheesy 80s one-liners, rated R, bloody deaths. Uh, just Arnold at probably you know one of his peaks as far as uh, films go. And this is the rest of the cast around him. It's worth a watch, I think. Uh, Glenn, your final thought with Running Man, would you recommend it to your to modern sci-fi audiences? Would I recommend it? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, of course. 100%, 110%. It's definitely, definitely one worth seeing. Yeah, I, I agree. And and Paul, how about you? Would you still recommend it to even a, a newer viewer today saying please you should seek this film out? Uh yes, you should. Uh I don't I personally don't think it's uh one of the like his best films because I think there are a lot of films in his body of work uh that I like better, but this is definitely a great film. Uh there are two things I did want to quickly add before we Sure, yeah, no, go okay. ahead. Uh, like there's there's a scene in there where uh, they do these little weird details throughout the whole movie, and we talked about it with the hate boat. They didn't draw any attention to it, but there's also another scene where there's um, on a monitor in the background. There's some really hilarious things on the monitor. So pause pause the screen and read some of the stuff that's going on in the background. It, uh, some of the messaging in there, it's hilarious. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah uh, there's a, there's like a little monitor I think right around the scene where. Uh, Jesse is um, strangling yes. um, Ben. Mm -hmm. So right, right in there, there's a, there's a small monitor, and you'll see these things just kind of scrolling back like credits. Mm -hmm. and, and just pause it and read some of the credits that are going on. Uh, they have some really funny things going on, like, like music by Do Re Mi and stuff like that. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I, I, I wanted to bring up that, that we hadn't mentioned was that uh, I believe the director is actually Starsky from Starsky and Hutch. Yes. The yes. actor. So that's kind of a weird thing that I didn't notice until until you like brought up the director and was like, Oh yeah, who is this director? And it's like, Oh wait, I know that director. <laughs> yeah, he was, I don't I didn't know him as a director, but I knew him as an actor. Well yeah, he was in he was in uh, Starsky and Hutch. He played Starsky. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was a, a prominent TV actor and, and he also dabbled in the directing. 
of uh, TV, uh, TV shows and movies. He did a number of TV shows and uh, films. Uh, after Running Man, he did the film The Cutting Edge, then The Air Up There, and he did the uh, film that's been in the internet culture recently of social media, Kazam. Ah. So <laughs> for those of you following articles about the Mandela effect and if there was a Shazam movie starring Sinbad and people bring up Kazam, that was brought to you by the same director as The Running Man, which is just a little more surreal. <laughs> Never mind the fact it was Dave Starsky who directed The Running Man. So. I, I think that TV experience really helped him with this film, you know, to bring out that whole TV quality about, you know, the show, the running man show. Oh, it, it did yeah. capture that feel def, you know, and having Richard Dawson as a host and him having the TV background. And then you have the guy who wrote, you know, any great action eighties film, but especially Arnold action. Mm. Uh, it's just a great combination along with this cast. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's great points there, Paul. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's not taking itself too seriously ever, uh, and you're not supposed to. Uh, <laughs> but in the end, I think you'll find yourself having some satisfaction in a, a fun Arnold film, even if he does have an awkward kissing scene at the end, which, <laughs> like, why'd they have him kiss? Poor Maria Conchita Alonso. She's really putting her all into the kiss, and Arnold is... Is just I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to slip you the tongue. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so with that, we will call it a night. Please stick with us in all of January as we continue Sci-Fi Month. We have two more films. Both of those are set in 2017 as well, and we'll see if any of those were prophetic in their displays in the film so we thank you for listening please subscribe to us on itunes if you haven't already as well as rate and comment head over to special mark productions and you can find all of our stuff there all the archives of the spoiler room as well as uh you know our email is there as well so give us you know a shout if there's a film you'd like to hear us talk about on the spoiler room we'll be happy to take a look at that and now is the part where you get to find out where you can find all these fantastic people when they are not gracing us here with their presence. So, Glenn, where can we find you at? You can find me on Facebook, uh, just being on Facebook, or the People We Bunker, or Guy in a Bunker Productions, GuyInABunker.com, or also check out my other podcasts. Uh, I'm on this thing called Occasionally Film Jerks and After Radio Z, and also the Adventure Party podcast. Yes, check out those, especially that adventure party. If you're a gamer, very informative, a lot of fun. I've I've learned many things from that podcast, Glenn. So, very cool uh, podcast you have there. And Thanks. Paul, and Paul, how about you, sir? Uh, you can find me at uh, Forsaken Film Reviews. You can also find me at uh, Film Jerks 2.0. And now you can also learn more about the second uh, Northeast Wisconsin Horror Film Festival coming up. Ooh, is that is that website up now? I, the or the update? site is up, but we have uh, we just got confer, uh, sort of penciled in mm-hmm. for our weekend. It's the second weekend of October, uh, and it's in the same venue. So uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful venue. So uh, definitely uh, look into it. And uh, we've got all the stuff from last year, and we're going to slowly over the next few weeks uh, start putting out information for the new festival. So I'm excited awesome. about that. 
Awesome. So you uh, horror film fans out there and horror filmmakers, uh, keep an eye out for that new horror fest, the Northeast Wisconsin Horror Film Festival, and uh, make sure you get your subscription. Excuse me. (laughs) Submissions. Wow. It's been a long evening. Uh, Submissions in. Uh, So we thank you very much. And now uh, say good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. The Running Man has been brought to you by Breakaway Paramilitary Uniforms, Ortho Pure Procreation Pills, and Cadre Cola. It hits the spot. Promotional considerations paid for by Kelton Flamethrowers, Wainwright Electrical Launchers, and Hammond and Gates Chainsaws. Damon Gilligan's Wardrobe by Chez Antoine, 19th century craftsmanship for the 21st century man. Cadre Trooper and Studio Guard sidearms provided by Colchester, the Pistol of Patriots. Remember, tickets for the ICS Studio Tour are always available for Class A citizens in good standing. If you'd like to be a contestant on The Running Man, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to ICS Talent Hunt, care of your local affiliate, and then go out and do something really despicable. I'm Phil Hilton. Good night and take care.